Well, it's my honour and privilege to just open up that passage a bit in, in what I thought was going to be one sermon. It turns out it's three and counting. Um, hopefully done by next week because then we can just go crazy for Christmas, which is what I want to do every Sunday. Um, now, if, if uh, children were here, I'd say, what's the greatest invention ever made? And they would say, a sausage machine. Wouldn't they? Because it is, quite clearly. Because the amazing thing with the sausage machine is you get all these outcast bits and they sort of just get squeezed into this system and come out as something special. And that's, the, that's the church. So, isn't it? You get people who are just, you know, outcasts in society, a bit loopy, perhaps got some serious problems, some church members, but they start life off there and they get squeezed into church and then they come out like a glorious sausage in the image of Jesus. So sausage machines and church are, I think, are glorious. And if I know there's some drawers out there. If you want to draw some people being squeezed into church and then coming out as happy people on the other side who look like Jesus, I'd love to see those pictures. Um, I want us all to be more and more like Jesus, just from reading this list of people. And I want people who are maybe on the edges of church or who don't know Jesus and who aren't part of his church on earth. Um, I want you to join, maybe even join Park End and join in the life of becoming more like glorious sausages made in the image of Jesus as he patches us all up and makes us flourish. So um, where do we all fit in in church? Is there a place for all of us? in the bits and bobs that we are, like the sausage meat. Is there a place for me? Is there a place for you at home in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom that lasts forever? Can I fit in in church, even with my quirks or sins? Is there a place for me? Well, the answer is emphatically yes. And you see that in Colossians 4, where there's a list of church members, just like us, whose sins have been put on Jesus at Calvary. He's taken it down to the pit. He's risen again, and now he shares his life with them and turns them into glorious Christian sausage people. And that's what I want us all to be like, closer to Jesus and to each other after this list of names. Now, um, as I do two more names, that's all I'm going to do, I want us all to be asking, could I be more like that? in this glorious church family here? Could I be more like Jesus in this area? And because, and this is a really serious part, we've lost some real gems recently, haven't we, from the Park End Church family who have left a, a hole because they had glorious ministries. And what's next? Well, what happens is church carries on. They're in glory now. They've received their crown of life. And they're more alive than ever. But their ministries, there's like a hole here. And church carries on going, not by people like us going, I'm actually going to plug in more when church becomes a bit more perfect. No. What happens is, we take our sausage-like features and we say, I now am going to serve the Lord like those glorious church members did before me. And the first name of someone who did that the first name of today's one, because we've done some, is Epaphras. Epaphras. So here's the two verses. He only gets two, but actually that's quite something, isn't it? Two verses in the Word of the Lord. 
Actually, he gets three. I'll get to that in a minute. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for Epaphras that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Right, Epaphras, used in the early church for the glory of Jesus, now in heaven forever. You probably know the Greek, but he's mentioned in chapter 1, and he's called a syndoulos, which is a fellow servant of Jesus in church. A fellow servant. And basically, the summary is this. Epaphras, ladies and gentlemen, is a workhorse. A workhorse. He works hard for you. And if you want to get a bit technical, he probably planted the church there. And he's probably having a rough time from his non-Christian friends and family because people don't really like church until they see how amazing Jesus is. So he's having a rough time. But, here's the thing with Epaphras, he keeps doing his job that Jesus has given him in the glorious church of Jesus. What a legend. Now, you'll find this in life as we become more like glorious sausages in this machine of church. Jesus loves to tackle our sin of selfishness, which we've all got. And if we're honest, we'll admit it. And he often sweetens them by giving them a list of jobs to do. So they spend less time just thinking about themselves and serving themselves, and actually serving other people. Jesus uses lists and calls workhorses to serve him in church. And when Epaphras' list is done, he's working hard in his area, the church is enabled to flourish in lots of other areas because he did his little job well. So, people at home and people here. Is Jesus going to save you or has he already? And he might well just give you a list to do here as part of the body of the kingdom of God on earth. Can you do a job for your fellow church family? It's a glorious question to ask. Could you be a little workhorse? Um, I don't know if you've seen the film. I watched it a couple of days ago with Tom Hanks, and it's called um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Have you seen that one? No. Okay. It's good. It's just come out on Sky, and it's about a, TV, a, a real person called Mr. Rogers, who was a children's TV presenter in America in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, I think. No? Mr. Rogers? Okay, well, he's amazing. He was a Christian, and he did children's work on TV. And anyway, this is one of the practices that Mr. Rogers did throughout his life. And he would call his audience to just stop for a moment and reflect on people in their lives that have enabled them to have a quality of life that they have. And he would just call people in restaurants, and Tom Hanks acts it out quite well, just pause and think about people in your life who basically do lists for you so that you can have a quality of life. 
So I'm just going to call us now at home and here to just pause for a second and think about the modern day Epaphrases that you might have in your life who serve you in some way or another and just quietly give thanks now to Jesus for them like Mr. Rogers used to call people to do. People who consistently do their little jobs and do them well. Church functions on that type of thing. So have a little think, have a little praise in your hearts and give thanks. Now I just want to speak to the Park End Church members, some listening at home might not be. And when I joined in last November, which by the way is nearly a year, can you believe it? Um... I did some research when I came, and in our catchment is about um, 25,700 people in our church catchment. And then I did some maths, and our average attendance on a Sunday morning is about 70, and actually, sadly, at the moment, declining, which is something we're going to work on. And I did a little snapshot in a church evening service last December, and we were eight people. Now, I did a English degree and then a bit of a theological thing. So I'm not a mathematician, but by my maths, we are reaching 0.27% of the local area for Jesus. Um, Some of you are like, that's not the right maths. Come and talk to me after if it's not. But my calculator said that. Literally, souls are dying without knowing Jesus, which is the tragedy of tragedies. And all right, we might tell people about Jesus, but actually people flourish when they join church, the sausage machine given by Jesus for people to grow. Um, Now, these members like Epaphras, they weren't just sitting in their attic all week mulling over the Christian faith and then turning up to church on Sunday. Church doesn't grow or reach people with ethereal faith concepts that we all meditate on. It's real down-to-earth stuff that the living God calls us to. To spread the message of the glorious name of Jesus. And being a workhorse with a little list for some of you might be the divinely appointed job for you, for this church to grow. Maybe to serve a fellow church member or a non-Christian neighbor in some way. And I just wanted to say that because um, I find in church ministry, sometimes we pray that churches will grow, and then someone turns up and they're a workhorse, and we think, oh, we could have had someone more spiritual, or a bit more like me, or in some way, or a thinker. We get, we get sent so often the apaphrases of life, and this passage is saying, no, that is spiritual work. It's so earthly and Jesus-like. Busyness for Jesus, so give thanks for them. Maybe that could be you. You don't have to sit down and read Bible commentaries all day to be useful for Jesus. In fact, those people are never useful for Jesus. So here's a list of things that I think are glorious in church life that maybe we're being called to do. And it's super spiritual stuff. Shopping for people who might need it in COVID. Visiting people if we can. That's been put on hold a bit, isn't it? turning the heating on in church, um, making the phone call, um, pressing record on Sundays, cleaning the toilets. That's not a thing at the moment because we can't use them. 
decorating for Christmas, dropping cards off for um, people and children, playing an instrument, praying. This is church life. Sending that WhatsApp or that email, which Julie had a super ministry with and warmed people for the gospel using that one. You find it with Jesus. He prayed at night a lot because during the day he was with people, being busy, just doing good works in the name of the Father. Children, imagine this, just so I can punch this home. Imagine after uh, this service, you go into the kitchen and you just look at the oven. And, or imagine mum or dad just look at the oven and think. They look through the window and think, it would be really nice if someone put some food in the oven for lunch. I'm not going to do it, but it would be a nice idea. Now imagine they do that today, and then they do that tomorrow, and then they do that the day after. What would happen to that family? They would die of starvation. What happens in church if people turn up and go, this place could be really nice if someone did this list or this little job? Yeah, there we are. I'm off. Someone will do it. Do you know what happens to churches who do that? They close. But when there's an Epaphras, which might be someone here, um, the Epaphrases of the world will turn to the empty fridge and go, get the chicken, put it, or the sausage, that's the theme of the day, put the sausage in the oven, or I will go to the shop, I will do this job for somebody. And the last thing on Epaphras is, one of his jobs was this, because to be honest, like life situations, especially for COVID at the moment, can inhibit some people being able to be workhorses, and that's fine. But one thing he was that maybe we could all do a bit of is a prayer. Epaphras was a big prayer. And actually, the word used there for how he prays was the same word that was used for Jesus when he was sweating with agony, praying to the Father about the situations of life. So are you being called for that? He was a fellow servant. So join us with your little ministries, if you can. And then that leads to my second and last name, because I know it's really hard to listen with face masks on, and you feel like you're hyperventilating. So I'm only doing two. The second one is in verse 14. This is a really important one in the life of the church. Ready? Our dear friend Luke the doctor, and we'll get to Demas probably next week, Luke the doctor, um, he's there sending his greetings as well. Luke the doctor, ladies and gentlemen, Luke the doctor was a Gentile non-Jew. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't an apostle. He was a medical doctor who joined the church at Troas. You can read about him in Acts 16 and 20 and 27. Here's what he was. He was the first aider for Paul. The cut man in the corner for the preacher, the Apostle Paul. And church, even in 2020, always needs a first aider. Jesus loves them. He always brings them in. Um, Jesus rounds them up. But it's not what you're thinking necessarily. I have to be the, first, the church first aider. It's also this. The person in church who care for others' needs and make sure their loved ones are taking breaks, they're fed and watered, 
prayed for and cared for. You know those legends in church life, and there are some people here who see the signs of exhaustion in our lives and speak their wisdom. There's a few of those here. Um, like Jesus loves those people. They're so important for us all. Now should we pause just quietly for the Lukes in our lives who actually care for our body, mind, and soul and value our well-being like Jesus does. And in fact, Jesus has brought them in to our lives. Like, um, oh, I won't go into it, but behind the scenes with um, Julie when she was sick was a little army of Jesus people tending to her. Honestly, there's nothing better than church family. This is where church is great. The older and wiser teach the young whippersnappers like me, slow it down. Trust me now, I've lived this life. Don't get caught up in the rat race. Young people watching, don't get caught up in the rat race. It leads nowhere. Rest your body, mind, and soul. And each day, bring things to God the Father. If we do that, this area, which are going nowhere fast, and never pause to even take a break, will notice the peace we have. Now, are you being called to... You trust in the Lord with your day, and then you help others trust with them too. That was Luke. People are like, that's really just down to earth and earthy. Yeah, and look at Luke. He was a star of the early church, the medical man. By the way, um, it's interesting that Paul could heal people in the power of the Spirit, but he made sure he still had a doctor with him. Isn't that interesting? And that's just for you to think about if you know people who think they can go around healing each other just like that, in the call on God to do what they want when they want. Paul also made sure he had a medical man around, which is interesting. But here's the thing, as we come to bring this all together. And this is relevant to a lot of you. Luke was not a minister. But he was doing God's work. And what was his work? Well, he was called to a secular job to work in the world as a doctor. And he did his job well. He actually had a hand in probably influencing over 12 books in the Bible. But his main thing was a job. Now, we call each other this moment to give thanks for our church family members who have jobs and maybe I was thinking we could pray for them on Tuesday. Pray for those that we love who are out in the world for Jesus, but working hard. Like Luke. I wanted part of our evening services for them to tell us what they do. And I hope that comes back soon. But the Lukes of the world are key. And for those of us who have more free time, let's not be too hard on them if they can't always be at meetings. 2020 work is real tough and demanding. And I just want to speak to those of you who have got jobs here and beyond. Um, this is what Luke teaches us. You don't have to leave your job to be precious to Jesus and to be doing His will. Lots of people think I need to quit my job and like join more officially church work. That's not necessarily God's work. You, all of you, have been hand-placed in a calling for Jesus to be like Jesus. And the gospel of church grows with doctors, lawyers, retired people, grands, um, grampses, 
pupils in school being placed to be like Jesus where they are, like Luke was. People who live in the light that Jesus has died on Calvary, He's forgiven my sins, and now I'm going to live like Him where I am called. That's the work of God. Nothing you do is unnoticed by Jesus. Your job, your calling, your role, though it may not be up here on the stage, this is nothing. Jesus is using you for His church work. It's all meaningful and glorious in heaven. So, pupils or some of our loved ones have been called to university. We're to be Jesus people like Luke. So that means, little ones watching, children at home, if we're Jesus people and we're out in the school and there's bullying, Jesus doesn't want us to do that. You used to be given too much change back from the shops and now that you're a Jesus person, you might tell a shopkeeper after you've bought your sweets, you've given me too much change. You might not have done that before, but you're called where you are to be like Jesus. You may have told rude jokes in the playground, but just like Jesus called Luke to be a doctor, he's called you to be in the playground and no longer tell rude jokes. This is down-to-earth church. You used to get really angry and want to beat people up because they've double-crossed you. But now you're called to forgive them and not beat them up. You used to not listen to mum and dad as much or your pastor, but you do now because we're flourishing Jesus. Glorious sausages in the making. All of you are called. I want to just close by telling a cool story. My friend, she's a Christian and she works in a bakery. And she, last year, one of the um, staff was stealing sausage rolls. Sausages are the theme of today, aren't they? Well, one of them was stealing sausage rolls. And the management stuck a camera up in the top corner and didn't tell any of the employees. And it turned out they were all stealing sausage rolls except for the Christian. And they all got sacked and she felt terrible. But she was left there as the Christian and they had to employ New people. I just thought that's a glorious witness. She didn't know she was being filmed, but Jesus is alive to her, and she's like, No, I'm not stealing sausage rolls. I'm not called to do that. So today, folks, I just wanted to draw our attention to the following things. Jesus saves, and church is glorious, and he adds people to church, and he saves us. And for some of us, he might be calling us now to do jobs that we didn't do before. He might be calling some of us to pray like never before. He might be calling you to be honest in your respective callings. He might be calling some of you now to deeply care for new people in new ways. And it starts today. My last quote is from Linus from Peanuts. He once remarked, I love mankind but it's people I can't stand. <laughs> and he identifies a real issue that Jesus wants to kill in church. And it starts with us. We can easily like nurse a feeling of goodwill towards wider humanity, but towards my fellow church member, no way. I can't stand them. I'm not serving them. I'm not doing anything for them. Nah, nah. 
Jesus wants to start right there with us in this part of Cardiff. And may he anoint us with the Spirit as we become more like the living God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.